Are you lost in the chaotic whirlwind of day-to-day busyness? Do you yearn for a deeper sense of meaning and purpose in your life? Welcome to Be You, Your Story, Your Purpose, the podcast dedicated to empowering women on their journey of self-discovery and finding their true purpose through their own story. I'm your host, Brenda Simmons. Welcome, my friends. I'm so glad that you can join me today. Hopefully my audio was a little bit better. I figured out that I was too far away from my microphone, so I didn't really want to have my microphone right in front of me, but such as it is. So I wanted to start today by sharing with you a personal story. And this takes place when we lived in Missouri about 12 13 years ago, my kids were in elementary school and at their elementary school, they celebrated Earth Day and it was done over the span of a week. And I decided that I would volunteer to be on the Earth Week committee. And we were preparing for what we were going to do this one year. And I I said, hey, I can do an assembly with leave no trace principles. I I worked with the Forest Service when I was just out of, well, and during college. And so I had done this before and I thought, oh, this would be easy peasy. Well, I decided to do it in the form of a play and I roped my mother-in-law into doing it with me. So it was a two-person play. And looking back, I, I kind of am like, I can't believe she even agreed to do this. So she was just as crazy as I was. But um, we, I would try to write this play out on leave no trace principle. So if you're not familiar with that, it's all about how to go out into the wilderness and leave it looking just as good as it was when you got there or even better. So, so that you, there really isn't any trace of you being there. So things like picking up garbage, putting out your fires, stuff like that. So I was writing out this play and I decided this isn't working because I know, because if I write it out, then I have to memorize it and it's a whole production. We're just going to wing it. And so I <laughs> went up to my mother-in-law and said, how would you feel about just winging it? This is, these are the things that we need to go over. This is kind of my outline of how the play is going to look. How do you think about, or what do you think about doing that? And she said, sure, I'll, I'll do it. And so we totally did <laughs> this play, super minimal setting, you know, the set, you know, it was just in the cafeterias where we did it and, and it actually went really, really well. And it was so much fun. And the kids laughed and we, every single time we did it, I think we did it two or three times and it was different every single time. And we tried to tailor it to the different age groups that would come through and, and it was a total blast. Well, because I did that, the, the, the person who was the head of the earth week committee decided that she wasn't going to be able to do it. I think it was just a teacher. And so I stepped in and I said, Oh, well, this was really fun. I, I'll, I'll go ahead and head up this committee. And I ended up heading up that committee for, I think it was seven or eight years and just had an absolute blast. I, I brought other presenters in and, and I would do an assembly myself at least once or twice every single year and just had so much fun. Well, what was interesting is towards the end of me doing this, I was approached by a gal who knew another person so a friend of a friend. And this person was um, was looking for somebody to create an after school and a summer camp program. So a youth program 
for a community um for a community center that that was being created and this was in our in our small town in Missouri and so i agreed to meet, meet with this gal and I was hired to do that. And it ended up being just a phenomenal experience. And I loved, loved, loved working with the youth in our committee and creating this after school program. And, and I, you know, we got to start from scratch and really create something that is, that was really special that, you know, even though I'm not there now, it's still going on. And, and it just makes my heart warm to see that program blossom and flourish and, and be a benefit. So, I often look back at that that chain of events, right? And it happened over eight years, right? So it wasn't a short amount of time, but it all started with me saying yes to doing this, you know, take part in this committee. And I I think about, you know, what would have happened had I not done that? What have, would have happened had I not done that leave no trace assembly and had so much fun with it. And then it makes me think, well, gosh, are there other things that, you know, maybe I've missed out on because I didn't do or say something when I felt like I should have. And so that's really what I want to talk to you about today. You know, what, why do we hold back from, from doing, following the little nudges that, that we have? And I think there's there's several different reasons. And I've done these all too. And so I'm very familiar <laughs> with personal experience about what these feel like. So if you really look at it, there's several different reasons why we hold back, right? Why why we we allow ourselves to not follow those nudges. So one of them is rejection. You know, we we think that other people will think uh, that we're they'll think poorly of us because we do that thing. Or, you know, we really give weight, more weight to what other people think about us than what we think about ourselves. And I was listening to a podcast recently and they're talking about this very thing. And the guest on the podcast said, rejection is better than regret. And I love that. And they went on to discuss, well, if you really think about it, rejection is very short term but regret is forever. You know, if you, if there's something that you know, or you knew that you should have done and you didn't do it and you, you carry that regret, you know, and you always wonder, oh, what would have happened had I done that? Or, oh, if only I had done this, then the chain of events would have been different. So rejection is one reason why we hold back. Another is failure. We think that we may fail at something or fail at that, that, the outcome won't be what we really wanted it to be. So another one is it's just unknown. We're just unsure of what it will even look like. And so that causes us to hold back on that. And then another one is maybe not being, not feeling like you're good enough for it. You know, maybe I think it's closely related to imposter syndrome. You know, we feel that we don't have the skills necessary to do it or somebody else will be better at that thing than than we will. Now, if you really look at all of these reasons and it's it's I'm sure it's not exhaustive. These are just what I came up with. If you really look at them, rejection, failure, unknown, not being enough, they the common denominator of all of them is fear. And fear is such a dream killer. 
Yeah, all good things come on the other side of fear. I you've probably heard that before, but I'll say it again. All good things come on the other side of fear. Now, the opposite of fear is courage. And being bold is a byproduct of having courage. So that's what I want to talk to you about today is how can we be bold? So I've got six ways that we can do this. And so I'm going to go through each one of these. The first way to be bold is to take care of the basics. Now, you could probably take every single one of these and um, and have them be a bullet point. But I'm going to lump them all together because they are they can be very individual. And so I want you to pay attention to what are your basics, right? And so I'm going to give you a few suggestions. So I've talked earlier about thought tables. So this is where you recognize you've got an emotion that you're you're not happy with or um, a, you find that you're thinking something that is super negative. Go ahead and do a thought table and work out why you're having those and what is the result of those. And then turn that around. Find a different thought that will create a better emotion that will spur you to a better action that will get you a better result. So thought tables. Another one is affirmations. So these are great, especially if you do it in front of the mirror and you look yourself in the eye and you go, I am enough. I am bold. I can do this, you know? So any kind of affirmation that you can think of, visualize the outcome that you want. Now you hear this happening in like performances or presentations where people will, will go through what they've practiced and they, they know what it's going to look like at the end because they practice it and they've mentally gone over it over and over again. So if you can do it in performances and presentations, why not for other areas too, like relationships and social situations or maybe goals that you want to do? Now, obviously you can't control what other people say or do, but you can control your attitude and how you act towards other people. And so go ahead and visualize what you want to what you want that outcome to be. So if you do all of these things and really get your your mind in the right headspace and your your thoughts are positive, you're feeling good about things. This helps to remove that fear of rejection because the only thing that the only person who is um really matters when you're trying to follow those nudges is you. Other people don't matter. And if you think about it too, the integrity that we have towards ourselves is a greater indication of inner peace and courage than validation that we that we receive from other people. External validation, man, it feels good. It feels so good. But the inner validation is far more powerful and far more long lasting. So take care of the basics. If you have other things that you like to do to help you get into the right headspace, do those things. So take care of the basics. Number two on how to be bold is think about the worst possible outcome and decide how you want to handle it. So very similar to visual visualizing the positive but now we're going to take it and go, okay, well, what if that doesn't happen? What is the worst thing that could happen? And then try to figure out what you're going to say, what you're going to do, how you're going to think, what you're going to feel in that situation, and then come up with a plan on how to remedy it. And so 
you're not dwelling on it. You just have a plan in place so that if things don't go the very best way, you know that there's a way out of it. And so this removes that fear of failure because you know, if things don't go the way you want it to, you know what the worst is going to be and then how to take care of it. And so that's, that's really not failure then, is it? Because you're succeeding in carrying out a plan. Okay. Number three is to prepare or do your homework. So sometimes we have a nudge and we may not know what to do or what are the, even the, the very first steps to accomplish what we're feeling like we need to do. And so the best thing to do there is to do your homework, to find information. Sometimes that's just a simple Google search. Other times it's meeting with a mentor or somebody else who has knowledge and experience in that thing that, that you need to do. And so this will help you to remove that fear of the unknown. Now, when my oldest daughter was, oh, I think she was second or third grade and her class was going to go to Science City, which was a hands-on um, experiment type museum where kids could go and just everything was hands-on. It was learning and and it was totally immersive. Well, my daughter had a lot of anxiety and she was so scared, so, so scared to go on this field trip. And we knew that once she knew what it was, she would be totally fine. And so we sat down with her, pulled up the, and I said we, but it really was my husband that did this. So kudos to him. But so he, and I'll never forget, he put her on his lap and they pulled up the website for Science City and they had pictures and he talked with her about, you know, all the different things that she could do and what it would be like, you know, taking the bus with all of her friends and that her teachers would be there and some of the parents were going to be there and we weren't able to come. So that was an important part of, of understanding. So so that she knew what was going to happen at every single step. And then once she got there, what that was going to be like. And she ended up going and she had an amazing time and she was never scared of it again. And so all she needed was the information. She needed to know exactly what was going to happen so that she didn't have that fear of the unknown. Unknown, Because what happens when we don't have that fear of the unknown, our brain starts creating scenarios of catastrophe, right? And, and it immediately goes to the very worst thing that could happen. And, and so if you have that information about it, then you really take care of that fear of the unknown. So take, so do your research so that you don't, you, you have that knowledge. So number four is to create an alter ego to help overcome your challenges. Now, if you obviously everybody's heard of Beyonce, so she totally does this. So she has a, an alter ego because she's actually a very shy person. If you look at her, her biography. So she knew that she needed to have more confidence and courage when she was on stage and when she was dealing with um, anything in her career. And so she created an alter ego and she named her and the, the name is Sasha Fierce. And I love that name. I just think that's so amazing how she took a characteristic and made it a name. So Sasha Fierce is Beyonce's alter ego. And whenever she is 
working, she is Sasha Fierce. Now, what's interesting about this, when you have an alter ego, you create what that alter ego does and says and and how that person approaches life in different situations. So again, it's similar to some of the other things that we've talked about. You are pre-creating the the, the attitudes and the thoughts and the patterns that you want to exhibit so that when you are actually in that situation, you can slip into that pattern and go, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to act. And so this is going to remove the fear of not being enough because you've already decided, oh, when I act like this, I am enough. And that's, I just need to be, just to be that person. So create an alter ego. That's number four. Number five is to practice being bold every day. So what do I mean by this? And how, how can you do that if maybe you're not in a situation where you need to be bold, right? Well, this is just doing something every single day to get you out of your comfort zone. So maybe it's posting a video of yourself when you never, ever do that. Or maybe you volunteer for a task. Um, maybe it's saying no to something when you normally say yes. Or the opposite, maybe it's saying yes to something when you always say no to it. So something that will get you out of that comfort zone, out of your normal routines. And when I say routines, I don't just mean like the physical routines of our day-to-day life, but it's the mental routines and the physical routines that we we go through every day. So really what this does is it teaches yourself that it's okay to be uncomfortable. And it gives you evidence that you can be bold. And so this removes the habit of fear because so many times we get into those routines and because it feels uncomfortable, that feels scary, right? Our brain says, "Uh uh-uh, we're not gonna do that. That is not the normal thing. Well, if you force yourself to do little things outside of that comfort zone so that you experience that fear in little doses every single day, it helps your brain to know, oh, I can totally do bigger things. So that's number five. Number six comes from Mel Robbins. I don't know if you guys know who she is. If you don't look her up, she's pretty amazing. But she has this um, this method. It's the 54321 method. And what it is, is if there's something that you need to do, especially if it's something that really doesn't take a long time and, you know, it's, it's just trying to, if, if you know, like it doesn't take a long time. And, and so sometimes we'll put those things off, right? Or we, then we get it into our head. Oh, I don't want to do this or whatever. So she applies this to things that, you know, just getting things done. But I think it also applies to things that make us a little bit nervous. So especially if it's just a small thing that doesn't take very long, you're going to just count down five, four, three, two, one, and do it. You don't, you don't give yourself enough time to get into your head. You just take care of it. So you are acting instead of thinking. Now, I go through this with my kids all the time. You know, they're all young adults. And sometimes they'll call me and go, I am scared to make a phone call. Right? I'm supposed to call this business and I don't know what to say what, what do I do? And so I'll walk through with them. Okay. I'll, this is what you need to say. And then I'll say, okay, do it right now. And then call me back. 
right? So, so it doesn't, so that they don't have time to think about it. And that it's that same principle. So if you don't have somebody else to help you just go, okay, five, four, three, two, one, do it. I'm just going to get it done. And then it's over. And so you don't have to think about it. And that action of doing rather than thinking, again, builds confidence in us. And it helps us to have that evidence that we can do things that are uncomfortable and that we can be bold. So those are my my six things. Um, when When you get a nudge, to do something that makes you feel uncomfortable, lean into it. Don't think about it. Don't, or, or if you do think about it, try to create those situations in your brain where you have a plan and you know what's going to work for you. So you never know what may come of those little nudges. It may not be anything big or life altering. It may just be simply a feeling of accomplishment, but that is positive. That's a really good thing. And over time, you will find that your confidence will build because you have a series of of experiences that are evidence-based that you can share with your brain that you can be bold and you can do hard things. And and just knowing that you've given your best effort, even if that effort is just something super minuscule and minor actually over time ends up to be super, super huge. So be bold, my friends, go out and conquer the world. You can do it. Take care. Celebrate your dreams. Let them take flight for you are a star shining bright in every step.